Okay, so I'm going to mess you all around this morning quickly, okay? Because they said this is my service. Ian said this is my service. Okay, so what I want you to do, I know you love sitting next to your husband and love sitting next to your wife, okay? Or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. So I'm going to ask you to shuffle, okay, there's plenty space, and leave an empty chair between you and the next person. So get to that. I would like two youngsters to put that brown chair on the stage for me, please. There we are. So you say, why are you doing this? Because I was, Shireen told me on the Wednesday last week, not this week, last week, are you okay to preach? I said, yes, I've got the message anyway. So I was driving to Whitbank on Friday, not this Friday, that Friday. And I said, okay, Lord, I want to do something different. So what can I do something different? So he says, okay, you're going to take the lazy boy to church and you're going to put it on the stage. Lazy boy on the stage, you can see it. He says, and then a gap between each person so that you're not uncomfortable because we're going to do an exercise right at the end. I love practical ministry. I really love practical prep. Because some of you have got seed that is about yay high now. So either you're going to pick it wet and eat it and bry it, and you've got nice bright millies, or you're going to let them dry, and you can turn it into millie pup, or you can turn it into chicken feed, whichever way you like. So you've got that, correct? Okay, can we dim the house lights? So I ask that the house lights be dim so you've got this cozy atmosphere. Okay, so picture you're in the bioscope. You're happy with that? You're comfortable with that? It's not an airy, fairy, funny thing. Okay, so we're all there. Have I done all those things? I've dimmed the lights. I'm good. I've got the incense for later. You don't mind incense? It's a nice fragrance one. The people on live stream, you've got such an advantage over these people sitting here because you can pause this movie, you can get coffee ready, you can get biscuits and donuts and stuff ready, you can sit in your most comfortable chair and then play the movie. Come on. Okay, so we're going to lay a foundation quickly and then we're going to fall in love all over again. Okay, so we can go to Matthew 6.33 in the King James, and it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto thee. Who is thee? Me. Me, I, all these things. So seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto, unto, we're getting there. So I'm going to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 27 through 34 in the Massage Bible. You're going to remember this message for the rest of your lives. 
And who of you, by worrying, can add one hour to the length of his life? And why are you worried about clothes? See how the lilies and the wildflowers of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory and splendor dressed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today, and cut down and thrown as fuel into the furnace, will he not much clothe you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. But do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows what you need. But first, most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. And all these things will be given to you. So, do not worry about tomorrow, for it is Monday, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Come on, guys, what are you going to worry about? Hey, oh, I've got to make sure the kids are organized, get the kids to school. We do this hustle bustle and make things bigger than they actually are. So this is only foundation, people. This is just for homework to say, I gave you lots of scriptures, okay, almost. So now we're gonna go and look at Matthew 7, 7 in the King James. Everybody knows this. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. But guess what, people? Where's our English teachers? The problem with us is we read the word without English. Okay? As far as I'm concerned, Shakespeare, Macbeth, Midsummer Night's Dream, Midsummer Night was never a dream. It was a nightmare. (laughs) Come on. I had to do it twice just to get through it. Come on. But when you're doing that stuff, it's terrible, disgusting English stuff. But now when I start to read, because I'm not a good reader, I'm not an avid reader, I don't like. But now when I read, and then I read again, and then the Lord says to me, okay, pronounce. In other words, enunciate what you're reading. It says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Enunciate the stuff. In the message, the exact same scripture says, don't 
bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. I like the Massage Bible. I really, I know it's one of them versions. But it's English, guys. Get them all together. For the older people, go to the King James. Make it sure it's the old King James that you can love your these and thous because you always loved Shakespeare and Macbeth. <laughs> Amen. In the Passion Translation, the very same scripture, ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you'll discover. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. What have you been asking for? Have a look at Luke chapter 11 verse 9 in the King James. And it says, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open. So as we know, when you find the mate of the scripture, what does it mean? It's confirmation the prophecy has come true. I've just given you three. So we've got triplets here. Not twins, we've got triplets. It's awesome. So if you can't see that, Lord, what I'm asking for, whether it be in finances, whether it be in situations at home in your marriage, whether it be in situations with your kids, whether it be a drug situation, if you ask, come on, it's yours, it's yours to have, it's yours to take. You cannot just take butternuts unless you're told to take butternuts, which you have been. Would anybody like butternuts? So just ask me. You can have butternuts. Okay. So that's not my message, okay? All that is just dugger on the floor. Okay, we've built some slabs. Now you can do what you like with it. Okay, so the message starts now officially, and we're going to go to Genesis chapter 32 and verse 24, and we are reading it in the King James. And Jacob was left alone there, wrestling a man with him until the break of day. And when he saw that he prevailed, not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Go on. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. 
And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me your name. I pray thee thy name. Therefore, is it that thou dost ask after my name and be blessed of thee? This is a horrible version. Sorry. Yeah. This is like Macbeth. Yeah. I thought I could do it in King James. But I'm going to go to Amplify. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he declared a blessing of the covenant promises on Jacob there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, which means the face of God, saying, for I've seen God face to face, yet my life has not been snatched away. So if you look a little bit above my head, on the backboard, these cool kids at the back put a picture that says face to face. So I know in the New Testament it says you can't see God, but for the purpose of this exercise, okay, Jacob was wrestling with a man. It wasn't Marius. It wasn't Andre. It was God. This just proves the fact that he created us in his image. He wasn't wrestling with a dog. Okay? So Jacob had something to relate to. There's a man. Okay, here where I'm going with this. Jacob was relating to a form, a human-looking form. And he could, come on, man, if it was a spook, how can he wrestle with this thing? He had to be able to hold on to. God said he couldn't get away. So obviously Jacob had been watching a little bit of WWE and managed to get him in one of those holds. Okay? And God just put his hand on his hip. That's why they don't eat the hip muscle of the lamb anymore. Shame. It's the best part, leg of lamb. <laughs> cool. So Jacob was wrestling with God. Okay, we got that. We got that picture. If Jacob could wrestle with God, does that mean you have permission to wrestle with God? Okay. Let's go to Moses. We're mostly doing Old Testament this morning. I've given you the New Testament. We're doing Moses. Exodus 3, 6 in the Amplified. And it says... And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Context of this. The tree is on fire. Take off your shoes, Moses. No, put them back on. The tree's on fire. God's talking to Moses. How is he talking to Moses? Come on, guys. Read. It says face to face. Okay, so he's talking to Moses face to face. Moses hides his face. 
Because he's bung. If you've got a naughty dog and the dog knows it's done something wrong, what does the dog do? It cowers away. Relate, people, relate. It's simple stuff. Okay, now we jump to Exodus 33, verse 11. That's the scripture. Okay, Exodus 33, verse 11. And the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Stop there. Stop there. What has changed in 30 chapters? What has changed? Exodus chapter 3, Moses hid his face. Exodus chapter 33, now they're chatting face to face. What has changed? First of all, there was the burning bush. Then there was a thing of a kiri. Ons weet allemaal wat a kiri? For live stream, it's a walking stick. So Moses had a walking stick. He put the walking stick down. It became a snake. I was gone. There would have been no miracles. The snake would have been gone, and I would have been gone the other way. Pick up the snake. It's a kiri again. So you're going to go and set the Israelites free out of Egypt. God, I can't talk. Don't worry, your brother Aaron, he is eloquent in speaking King James. You will have no problem. He will help you speak. Guess what's so crazy about this? Aaron never spoke. If you need a crutch, he'll give you a crutch. But the crutch doesn't need to work. Aaron never spoke. Aaron messed up. He helped him make a bright bull. But Aaron never spoke. Moses spoke to the people. Moses spoke to Pharaoh. What has changed between Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 33? Moses built a relationship based on real life events that changed his life to being be able to go into the tent and speak to God face to face. If Jacob could do it, Moses can do it, what is stopping so cool. The second part of verse 11. Then Moses returned to the camp. So remember this tent where they, he went to meet God face to face was outside. It's much like where I live. I live one street outside of Springs. So it's like holy ground. Okay, I don't live. Yeah, the last street in Springs is called Townsend. I don't know why. It's the end of the town. 
I stay one street further. That's holy ground. Flay strat. Holy ground. Amen. So this was the same sort of situation. So Moses has pitched a tent outside the camp. Moses goes back to those moaning, groaning people. Guess what is so crazy? And I don't know who wrote this book, but it had to be put in here. And it says his attendant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man. There's so much in here. An attendant, a son, a young man would not depart from the tent. So my first reaction to this, I saw this a couple of, I can't remember when, when, year, two years ago. My first reaction was, what the heck did Joshua do in the tent? He was in the tent with Moses. I think he stayed behind and he washed the dishes and he swept the floor and he made sure the place was tidy. I think if Moses had seen God face to face in that very tent and I was in that very tent, I was not sleeping. My eyes was not closed. I think Joshua, kind of like, also saw God face to face. He stayed there. Moses went to those grumbling, groaning old bags. Okay? Joshua stayed. So give me a hiding. All those moaning old, groaning old bags that were in the camp all died. Joshua stayed in the tent. Why on earth would you stay in the tent? What is happening in the tent? I think there was school happening in the tent. Because Joshua stayed in the tent and God would have been talking to Joshua exactly the same as he was talking to Moses face to face. And he was giving him wisdom and telling him exactly what was going to happen just other side, that dirty river. Because Jordan River is a dirty river. Just other side, the dirty river. What's going to happen? Come on, you can't lead millions of people and not have wisdom from God. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, hallelujah. You need wisdom. The man who stands behind this pulpit to put up with you bunch. He needs lots of wisdom. Amen. Amen. Sure. Okay, real life situation. I think I've given you a couple, but this is a cool one. We work in a corporate company, big company. Who's ever worked in a big company? Okay, and the boss is not always there, correct? The boss is not normally always there. Okay, how do we know that the boss 
has walked in the building. You've all done it. You've all done it. There's tension in the building. There's a mutter amongst the people. The birds outside stop talking. They go like, quiet. Okay? Even the rats and the cockroaches make a beeline and hide away. Situation number one. Can I have my four volunteers do what I've asked you to do? The other situation is you smell his aftershave. <laughs> you smell his aftershave. Whether he's a good boss or bad boss, you can smell he's walked into the building. Okay? And you get called to a boardroom meeting. There's 20 people sitting around the table, all kinds of different perfumes, deodorants, but guess which one you will smell? You will smell that very deodorant. Whether you like it or not, that's the one you smell. Okay. Yaku, adding on to your point from last week. When I was a young warthog, <laughs> my dad used to teach me that if you speak to somebody, you make eye contact. And he always said, your eyes are the gateway to your soul. If you look me in the eyes, I know if you're telling the truth. That's why I keep turning like this. <laughs> you know if I'm telling the truth, if I can look you face to face. We have a problem nowadays, people. There are so many people today who cannot hold a conversation without looking somebody eye to eye. Try it. Look. See. Why? Why can we not look Somebody eye to eye. I'm not saying you're a liar. I'm not saying you're anything else. Because of this thing. Yeah. We are so easy to text somebody. It's so easy to email somebody. It's even difficult to get youngsters to pick up the phone and phone a company yeah. and say, this, this, and that. Oh, no, I'll send them an email. No. It's called make it personal. Because yeah. the minute you make it personal, they become part of your friendship group. Yeah. Do you know that I put my son on a switchboard for a while, and he spoke to customers, that when I went to deliver or fetch the cars from the customers, they say, Yes, that youngster you've got on the phone. He is so friendly. It's so amazing to deal with him. Why? Because he's trained in the art of communication. We do not know how to communicate with our peers. How on earth 
do you know how to communicate with somebody you cannot see? Speaking to somebody face to face takes practice. It takes practice. Until you actually grasp that full effect of that person, it takes practice. Now we're going to jump down to verse 13. This is what my prayer is. And I want you to make this your prayer. Now therefore I pray you that if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways so that I may know you. Here's the crux of the matter. Becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, recognizing and understanding your ways more clearly, and that I may find grace and favor in your sight. All I want to do is become more intimately acquainted with Father God. Can anybody tell me, how do you get to know somebody? How do you get to know me? You take me for coffee. (laughs) You take me to the movies. You buy me dinner. You cannot kiss and cuddle with me unless you know me. I'm trying to relate this whole situation to your Father God. Okay? You cannot kiss and cuddle with me unless you know me. Buy me dinner. How do we get to know the Father God? Now, I have paid a volunteer for this morning. Please, may I have my volunteer? So I'm going to give you a practical situation. How do you get to know Father God? And that's why you're sitting a chair apart. Who remembers when they were very small? It's about a week or two ago. Okay. You used to lay on your mother's chest or your father's chest. And your mother or father would speak to you. And their voice resonating through their chest sounded very different to their audible voice. So what I'm saying to you is this kind of situation. You cuddle up into your most favorite chair. You make yourself a most favorite chair. That chair is my chair to cuddle with my father. And the biggest secret to the whole thing is to not yeah 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 yeah. 
But the biggest secret is to listen. 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 That is your one and only biggest secret. So I want you this very moment to cuddle into your chairs. I know they're not the lazy boys. Sorry, I could not get 300 lazy boys at a short notice. So Tammy has the advantage. Bless your soul. Cuddle up into your chair. Pretend like you are sitting on the lap of the Father like Tammy is. And I'm going to read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 2 through 4 in the King James. I don't know why I choose this version. Grace be to you. Your eyes are closed. You curled up onto your chair. You cuddled up onto your chair. This is between you and the Father. Grace be to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We need to learn to take comfort in Him. A moment in the Father's presence will change 